It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on AM 1310, 92.7 FM, The Light. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. We just wrapped up with Antoinette Holt, Director of the Office of Minority Health for the Black and Minority Health Fair. Um, it's opening Thursday afternoon at the Indiana Convention Center during IBE Summer Celebration and running through Sunday, July 21st. Everything is absolutely free. Getting into the convention center is free. Getting into the health fair is free. The screenings are free. Lots of information, lots of opportunities to get more than $2,000 worth of free health screenings during summer celebration. Again, which is also free admission. We got a call or a couple of comments, a couple of questions regarding what you have to pay for. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Free rides on opening night as well, which is also Senior Citizens Night. Go to our website, praiseindy.com. For that and complete details. Switching gears now, uh, joining me here in the studio is Trevor Meeks from the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership, or INHP. Trevor is the Vice President of Single Family Lending. Welcome. And if you want to get in on this conversation as well, uh, the invitation is always open, 317-239-1310. Again, 317-239-1310. You know, Trevor, I was just looking online before we get into INHP and, you know, Maybe you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. But anyway, the Federal Reserve is expected to lower interest rates uh, mm-hmm. later this month, which is, uh, you know, by some accounts and according to some analysts, a risky move and not necessarily the smartest thing because it doesn't leave them a lot of room um, in case they need to in in, in real time. But um, And yet the reports are that mortgage rates are going up and mortgage applications are going down. Mm-hmm. So how can you explain that for me before we get into INHP? Because sure. I, I'm curious about that. Because if people are hearing all these different things from the national markets, it may impact what they think, you know, or what they, perhaps what they're thinking regarding INHP. Absolutely, Tina. And, and we, we all know that sometimes per, perception becomes reality for many consumers when it comes to making a large purchase. Yeah. And so... Um, just to maybe get a, give a little bit of contextual background as it relates to rates in general. When you hear that the Fed Reserve is going to uh, raise rates, lower rates, what really are they impacting? And, and oftentimes the market reacts to what the Fed Reserve uh, does uh, or says, and not so much what they do, right? And, and so if you think about mm-hmm. mortgage lending... Mortgage rates are tied to mortgage-backed securities, which are tied to the bond market, and, and which acts opposite the stock market, right? And so typically when the Fed raises rates or lowers rates, they're trying to either stave off or, uh, or um, address inflation or spur economic growth. And so typically what that means is, believe it or not, when they're raising rates or lowering rates, they're not directly impacting mortgage rates. They're indirectly impacting mm-hmm. Mortgage rates, and that seems hard to believe. It is. It, it is. <laughs> and so, what you you will find oftentimes is when the stock market is performing very well, which could be the result of what the Fed Reserve says or or does, bond markets tend to act opposite the stock market. And and here's why: stocks are a more risky investment; bonds are a safer investment. So when the the economy is doing well. Investors tend to pool resources into stocks, and conversely, when the economy is doing uh, poorly, they tend to, to allocate those resources mm-hmm. into bonds. And so when, when bonds are, are being bought and sold, that usually pushes down interest rates. And so the Fed 
uh, is reacting to economic and, and potentially political pressure to make sure that the economies continue to move forward and to grow. If, uh, wait, when you just said something that I've not heard in years back, political pressure, when does the mm-hmm. Fed respond to political pressure? Is uh, it supposed to be an independent body? They are supposed to be an independent body, but, uh, you know. This is just my opinion. Well, uh, I, I mean, you're not the reacting. first one. Yeah, yeah you're not the yeah. first one that's. Uh, I think they that are opinion. reacting to pressure from the White House to to maybe change direction or change course. But Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Donald Trump yeah. wants the interest. Yeah, that, okay. that's just my personal opinion. Now, having said that, if you just look back at at mortgage rates over the course of let's say since the start of this year or even go back a year ago mm-hmm. mortgage rates have actually come down about three quarters of a percent below where they were uh, and, and so we're in really a declining interest rate environment uh, in in present time now from week to week that may vary an eighth to a quarter of a percent but overall we're significantly lower than where we were about a year ago and so, uh, but we're just not near those historic or record lows that we may have become used to for several years and mm-hmm. years past. Mm-hmm. And so, all of that to say, um, you know, week to week, rates tend to fluctuate because of investor activity on Wall Street. Uh, and that may or may not impact the mortgage and housing market to some degree in a short-term basis. Um, but if you put it all in, into context, uh, mortgage rates uh, impact uh, lending, which impacts affordability, which impacts homeowners and, and potential buyers and uh, consumers as it relates mm-hmm. to mortgage financing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for there to be an organization like INHP, especially for first-time homeowners and minority and mm-hmm. underserved populations? Well, it's a great question. And, and part of what INHP believes is that every person in Marion County should have access to safe, decent, and affordable housing uh, and live in a vibrant neighborhood here in the Indianapolis, Marion County area. And, and I'll, I'll throw a statistic at you. Okay. Uh, 28% uh, of households in Marion County uh, spend more than 30% of their annual income on housing. And for many um, low to moderate income families, that's just not a sustainable statistic to to continue on right mm-hmm. uh, and and so it's our role is really to provide that access to affordable housing options for prospective home home buyers uh, and to help uh, existing homeowners sustain homeownership and so our, our focus is the underserved it's the low to moderate income families uh, in Marion County as a five hundred one c three nonprofit that's what we are, are mm-hmm. how we are set up. Uh, to service the underserved. And, mm-hmm. and we do that by taking a very layered approach to lending uh, and to preparing homeowners for homeownership. Mm-hmm. And then here's what I mean by that. And so um, clients who are aspiring to become homeowners don't all come to us at the same level of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Many clients come to us with varying degrees of income, varying degrees of assets, varying degrees of, of credit profile. Uh, some of them, uh, some clients who come to us are, are considered to be mortgage ready. And we have an option for them. Uh, many who come to us uh, are, are not mortgage ready, and we have options mm-hmm. for them, uh, mm-hmm. for those clients as well. And so for those who, who are mortgage ready and qualify for a loan, we take a, an unbiased approach to providing them access and information on mortgage loan options. Uh, and so these clients will sit down one-on-one with an INHP licensed right, mortgage right. loan originator yeah. to identify their needs and interest, as well as discuss mortgage options, affordable yeah. mortgage options that, that meet their needs. So we're providing them the information 
and then the client makes a choice on which product is is best uh, best fits their needs. So the the uh, energy surrounding home ownership again, especially for uh, first time homeowners and and uh, underserved uh, populations, it just doesn't seem to be. Even though the rates are a certain, you know, they're still low. There doesn't seem to be. I, I don't know. I don't want to call it hope, but it just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of of energy uh, surrounding. Hey, everything looks great, and it's a good time for me to get into buying my own house and owning my own house. Is are you are you seeing that? Is that being reflected in some of the people that are that are coming, or maybe perhaps not coming to INHP? Well, I think the energy is there in the clients that we're so? servicing. Okay. Absolutely, and and you know it's it's a uh, it's a powerful thing to witness clients who overcome credit or financial barriers mm-hmm. uh, to be able to take that next step forward towards achieving home ownership. Where I think there's been some challenges in recent um, months. And and in the Indianapolis market, and really nationally, has more to do, I think, with affordable housing supply than it does whether or not uh, clients are interested in purchasing a home. So you mean <laughs> what you're meaning? There aren't houses out there Absolutely. that are in a certain price range for mm-hmm. enough people to be able to afford in the affordability range. And that's creating uh, an issue, correct? It, absolutely. Now, <laughs> what, what led to that? I mean, what, what happened with that? And again, if you want to get in on this conversation, if you're looking to buy a house or wanting to buy a house or know somebody looking to buy a house and you have some questions, we have the experts right here, uh, 317-239-1310. Again, 317-239-1310 or tweet us at Praise Indy. So what what, what kind of led to this? It seems like all of a sudden, boom, there's there's no houses out there. Well, it's it's been a, a protracted movement this way. So a few things happened. If you go back to the Great Recession, you had... Of uh, what years? So you, you're okay. talking 2009 to about 2012, 13, and we started okay. to see some yeah. resurgence after mm-hmm. that. Okay. But what transpired in that time? So you, you had a tightening of credit. Uh, you had a, a large amount of uh, foreclosure inventory that was hitting the market. Uh, and, and so it was a, a different um, housing market at that point in time. Right, mm-hmm. you have few buyers, a lot of inventory, uh, and, and fast forward, um, lenders have loosened their credit requirements, so it's uh, not nearly as as tight as it were during the, the Great Recession. Uh, you have um, the lowering of rates or affordable rates. You have more product. You have availability. It's creating this demand, and, and you also have um, homeowners who have. Uh, you have rising, I'm sorry, you have rising materials, costs for supplies, and the cost to build and, and add supply uh, to the market. And you couple that uh, with the, the nuances that, that there are fewer uh, foreclosures, so you have less inventory coming to the market. I see. Yeah. And you have more homeowners who are opting to stay put uh, because costs have gone up and, and they, they probably have a low interest rate. And you're creating this demand. And so if you just look at the Indianapolis market, for example, over the course of the past five years, so go back to 2014, the the price range of homes or the the level of inventory for homes priced between, let's say, seventy to 140000 uh, has decreased by nearly 76% over that five-year span of time. Mm-hmm. And so... When the I price look, of building homes? I'm sorry, just the, the price of homes in the homes market. Homes in, in the market, okay. Price in that range, 75 to 140, has gone down nearly 76%. And so if you if you look at that in terms of real numbers, so if you go back to 2014, that was somewhere in the neighborhood north of 2,000-plus homes. Right now, it's it's south of 500 homes. So there are okay, just yeah, few, fewer houses. Fewer invent- yeah. We have a couple of questions. Okay. I have a couple of callers on the line. Um, I think... 
we have Berkeley who had a question regarding uh, building a home and mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of limits and building is is something that's it's it's always of interest and yeah. people always say is is it cheaper or is it not cheaper to build a home? Um, you know, Berkeley mm-hmm. has a question. Berkeley, yes. you're on the air. Okay. Yes, my my question is, I've been approved through Ruoff Home Mortgage and Regents Bank for a preliminary amount of 350000 And I'm wondering, INHP has programs, so I'm trying to determine if you can help me or does the house have to be a certain amount to find a, a mortgage company? Well, Berkeley, it's a great question. And, and, mm-hmm. and so congratulations on, on getting pre-approved. That's a positive step in the right direction. The fact that you have two tells me you're 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 fairly well qualified for financing. To answer your question, uh, no, you you don't have to be in a certain price range um, uh, for the cost of the home itself to qualify for a mortgage at INHP. But we are as a five hundred one c three limited who we could lend to directly, and, and so there are income limits that would come into play based upon the individual's household size that would limit what choices we could offer in terms of loans. Now, having said that, INHP partners with 14 different lender partners uh, throughout the uh, Indianapolis, Marion County area who also offer affordable lending products and programs. And so part of that lender options meeting that you you may have heard me speak about a few moments ago with an INHP MLO would be to to do just that, And, and that is to determine what loan programs, what options are available to you, and then arm you with the information so that you can can make a choice. Uh, but just to, to give you an idea, so we're limited to lending to families that are at or below 120% of HUD's area median income. Right, HUD sets that limit every year. And based upon the household size, that, that income limit uh, increases. So, for example, if it's a family uh, one or if it's a single-person household, that income limit's about 67100 If it's a family of three, that income limit goes down to, or I'm sorry, up to about 86280 That's the limit for us to lend directly to a consumer. Um, but many of our clients come to us far below that limit and then some far exceed it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it just the income may determine what your options are. Does that answer your question? Yes, thanks. Okay, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Um, another caller, Anonymous, has a question regarding refinancing. Anonymous, you're on the air. Yes, I recently purchased a home, and I was trying to find out why all of a sudden we're getting refinancing offers. Mm-hmm. How long? How long ago? You said recently. How long ago was it? It's been two years. Mm-hmm. Two years. And every yes, and like six months to a year up until now, we've been receiving refinancing offers. Okay. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so anonymous, so a, a couple of uh, responses to that question. Um, mortgages are a matter of, of public record, uh, and, 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 and mortgage lenders know that um, a great way to market to individuals or to market to potential consumers is by marketing to those uh, that have a rate of X uh, that's referenced in their public record information. Also, it could depend on the type of loan you have. Certain types of loans are easier than others to refinance. Uh, and so um, the fact that you've closed on a mortgage loan itself uh, has, has opened you up to an opportunity mm-hmm. to be marketed to by other lenders because that information has become public record. Is is it annoying to you, Anonymous? Is that Are you concerned? Or what, uh, I, I, I'm just curious what your concern is. 
Yeah, to an extent, it got annoying. Uh, people were calling saying they have your information. But when you start to talk to them and then they want uh, all your, uh, your your vital information, your Social Security number and birthday, and all, I'm thinking you already said you had this information. Uh-huh. So why am I providing it to you again now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one guy was so aggressive that he literally called my job. How he got my job number? I don't know. Oh, wow. That is pretty is that Is that allowed? No, well, well, well I mean, you know, it, it, generally speaking, um, you know, it, it's there. There are very uh, steadfast rules of, of engagement between mm-hmm. um, lenders, if you will, and consumers. Just depends on what information's been authorized by the individual, but uh, also you can you can you can sort of deter that type of marketing uh, through contacting the credit reporting agencies and, and mm-hmm. requesting that your information not be included in any, any of those uh, predetermined pre-solicitation offers. That can help stave off some of that as well, as the, the credit reporting agencies typically will uh, share certain information with lenders who of clients who maybe meet a certain profile okay. uh, to, to market to. So you, okay. you might give that some thought. Uh, as far as someone con- getting your your personal information and contacting you at work, you know, I'd, I'd be a little concerned about that, and and would immediately request for that individual to uh, to cease and desist. Yeah, because they can't uh, they can't call you if you let them know that your employer doesn't allow that. Okay, uh, thank you very much, anonymous. We appreciate your calling in. Um, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310, here with Trevor Meeks, Vice President of Single Family Lending from INHP, uh, talking about home ownership, refinancing, uh, a whole bunch of things, affordability, house affordability, buying a house. And uh, we have another caller, uh, Don. You had a question regarding home affordability. You're on the air. Want to chime in? You know, I was reading an article where they were talking about supply and demand. A lot of supply—I'm a baby boomer—and a lot of the baby boomers are holding on to their homes because if they were to sell their homes, they're going to have to go into a market where they're going to have to pay top dollar for something else that's going to be smaller and a little bit more inconvenient. So it seems like that's probably, you know, also uh, a part of why the supply has actually uh, dwindled down. Uh, would your uh, guess agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I would I would agree with that, and and that's something that we've picked up on as well. And again, it it's a matter of cost, and so you know, uh, for the baby boomer or the existing homeowner that that purchased, you know, five ten years ago, um, you know, there's very little incentive to move up or to move uh, laterally. Uh, because it costs more for the same home, so there's little incentive either from an interest rate perspective uh, or the style of quality of the home perspective uh, to to more or less migrate out of the existing home into another home unless there's been something um, that's significant yeah. in terms of a shift like, with the family size right. or or needs that like sort changing. of thing don mm-hmm. have you have you been considering or have you mulled over uh, possibly selling your home or getting into a different home well yeah i thought about that but the whole i could probably get way top dollar i mean i could i, I i've had builders come by and uh, give me you know quotes and things like that but to, to move into something else, I'm, I'll be basically almost paying even more. I have to pay mm-hmm. condo fees and association fees, mm-hmm. and, and I'll probably settle for lesser square footage. So yeah. I think I'm just going to stay where I'm at, and yeah. we'll see what happens in the market in the next three years. You know, uh, thank you, Don. I appreciate that. And uh, that's that's not an, an unrealistic uh, scenario or an unrealistic situation that he's explaining because – I, I've had people say, you know, well, I, you know, I could sell my home very quickly, very easily. Um, a lot of these homes are selling for 
asking or sometimes even above asking just so that people can get a hold of the house. Mm -hmm. But then you're in the same situation as the people who bought your house because mm -hmm. you not only do you have to find another house, but you have to find one, you know, as far as the that makes sense as far as the dollars and cents is concerned. Absolutely. And and so, you know, just as, as the caller was saying, that, that median sales price, that, that demand and that limited uh, supply is, is pushing the median sales price up in the area. Uh, I'd, I'd say we've gone from about 140000 as a median sales price mm. to well over 166000 mm. in a very short period of time. Wow. And, and that's just the economics of it. And, and, and so that's part of the challenge. One of the things that we're uh, doing at INHP to try and help combat that challenge for low to moderate income families is providing down payment assistance to help uh, enhance that affordability, if you will. We, mm -hmm. we offer families up to 7500 in down payment assistance. That's, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, to, to hope, well, hopefully bridge some of that gap that they're experiencing in the market itself. Where, where does INHP stand on condos and condominiums? Because the last caller was just talking about the affordability of a home goes, uh, you know, goes out the window a little bit if you find uh, something like a condo and then you've got to pay association fees, of which, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken they're they're not tax deductible or anything that's just money that you pay uh, that that's right out there so where do, where do you stand on that and, and, and so the, when it comes to our direct lending programs yeah. uh, we're generally looking for clients who intend to occupy the home as their primary residence and, and various types of properties are eligible for the loan itself and, okay. and this is nothing unique to INHP this is really the mortgage industry itself okay. so think along the lines of, of, of your typical single-family home mm -hmm. uh, condos uh, plan unit developments or PUDs, as we call it, are, okay. are acceptable. Uh, you could even purchase um, a duplex or multi-unit mm -hmm. home so long as you're interested in and planning to occupy at least one side of that property. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the additional fees on top of what your mortgage would be, that's not a consideration because that's all rolled it, into what it your, does. It, your it, monthly... It, it falls into yeah. the calculation of what you would qualify for. So when you're purchasing a home, there are different components relative to the expense associated with financing the home that comes into play in determining whether or not a client qualifies. So, for example, typically when you purchase a home, you have the, the principal and interest portion of the payment that's determined by the interest rate on the loan, the amount mm -hmm. of loan, and how long you finance the loan. Mm -hmm. But also you have property taxes or real estate taxes that will be built into the monthly payment. You'll have homeowner's insurance. Uh, but then another factor, if you purchase... How long do you have to carry homeowner's insurance? For the life of the mortgage loan itself. Really? Mm -hmm. Correct. Lenders will require that property, if they have a lien on it, to have insurance coverage for the life of the loan itself. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, and, you know what? I'm thinking of another type of you're insurance. Thinking of not home. I'm, I'm thinking maybe, of a private... Yeah, private I'm, mortgage insurance? Private mortgage insurance. That, yeah. could, some, that, that, that some, mm -hmm. uh, they, they put up there at the front. Um, and then after so many years, I'm thinking of private mortgage insurance. Correct. I'm sorry, of course, homeowners insurance you have to have it for the life yeah, of the yeah. loan. Yeah, but, you need that. Yeah. PMI <laughs> is is what it's more commonly known as. Yeah, private mortgage insurance, That's and just, that goes off after a certain amount of time. It depends on the type of loan you have. Now, if, if it's a conventional or conforming loan, uh, that cutoff is about seventy eight to eighty percent of uh, the value of the home. Okay. Uh, if it's a an FHA backed loan and you've invested the minimum down, it would be there for the life of the loan for oh, as okay. long as you have that. FHA mortgage. Okay. But the, you mentioned the homeowners association dues. That factors into the equation as well because as long as you own that property, you'll typically have dues. Now, that's well, not a part of your payment. That's something you pay separate, but lenders will factor the dues or fees. There, there's one, homeowners uh -huh. association dues Correct. are the things you pay once a year in your association. Mm -hmm. Your condo fees are things you pay monthly as part of your, right? They're, no, they're it's, not it's usually the same. 
Yeah, it's the same thing. In a condominium. Correct. Okay, but in a if you live in a single family home. Mm-hmm. You you don't have you, you just have yeah. homeowners association dues. It, it's all it's all relatively the same. Really? And, Is and it? So, okay. And what what where there may be a difference. And so again, if you live in a, a condo, uh-huh. uh, typically you'll you'll have dues um, that are separate from your payment. Yes. And and it may include the common area, exterior maintenance on the property, and, and other expenses associated with maintaining Snow the removal, property. Different exactly. Things. Flowers. And, and it's usually a little bit more expensive than if you're living in in what's in a single family home that's a part of a subdivision. Let's say maybe less expensive, but it's all the same concept. Okay. Dues and okay. fees are all the same. Same concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the one time uh, fees in a single family home they're a little bit cheaper than the. You know, than the the monthly fees that you have with the condo. Um, you, one of the things that 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 I, I was looking at the the uh, some of the things that you had sent me, um, and one of the products is that is an acceleration loan that um, people can pay off their houses in ten years. 10 years earlier. How does that work? Yeah. And and so you're referring to the mortgage accelerator program and, and, you know, the concept behind the mortgage accelerator program is, is to allow clients an opportunity to pay their home off early. And what we know about our clients is that the majority of them gravitate towards a traditional 30 year fixed rate loan because that product usually yields the lowest monthly payment, which is the most affordable for most clients. Uh, So, in the mortgage accelerator program, what we've done is taken the concept of giving a client the lowest monthly payment or a payment equivalent to a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, but we've discounted the rate or lowered the rate substantially on a 20-year term so that the client now has an opportunity to take advantage of a shorter loan, so 20 years versus 30 years, and the payment on the 20-year loan is comparable to what it would have been on the 30-year loan. So the client... It, it's a win-win for them in that they realize not only uh, the affordability of having the lowest possible payment, but by shortening the term, they save tens of thousands of dollars in interest over the, the term of that shorter term loan. So are, th- are those products available outside of what INHP offers? Or that's that's ex- Possibly, yeah. yeah well, it, it's offered uh, with INHP products direct, so it's a direct lending product direct offered lending by INHP. We feel like this product is somewhat innovative to the market right, space and okay. that we don't know of anyone else currently offering a product similar to this, not only in the local market, but not uh, even on a national basis, potentially. So, so this is different than, say, for instance, you're, you're applying for a mortgage and they say, hey, you can do, you know, pay your mortgage off in 15 years, but your pl- your payment goes up significantly to, to account Correct. for the fact that you're putting, but you're mm-hmm. saying this 20-year mortgage is not. Uh, structured that way. That's the innovation in the program. You you hit it right on the head, Tina. Typically, if a client were to look at a 30-year loan and let's say a 20-year loan, uh-huh. that payment on the 20-year loan would be significantly higher than the 30-year loan because you've got less time to repay that loan. Right. But by our taking on the, the cost to lower that interest rate uh, significantly, the payments are about the same. So for example, on a 30-year mortgage, let's say the average rate's around 4%. Uh, on the mortgage accelerator, that interest rate may be below two percent. Wow! Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, so what else do you have here? Because <laughs> there's several things I was going over all of the, uh, you know, a lot of the the, the points that you sent over. Um, what else is it that you would like for consumers to know about? Well, a, a few things, if I could could touch on. Yeah. So, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about lending products. I, I'd like to maybe uh, share just a few comments about. 
uh, our products and services for clients who are not yet mortgage ready because we have options for them as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when clients come to us, it's part of an initial assessment to determine where you're at in the home buying process. Uh, and, and many we find have credit or, or financial barriers mm-hmm. or challenges to becoming mm-hmm. mortgage ready. It could be a low credit score, recent credit blemishes, or or it could be a scenario where, you know, student loan debt uh, mm-hmm. is is, is uh, really tapping into that budget and, and causing some challenges mm-hmm. financially. Or it could just be uh, a deterrence in, in whether or not or not understanding what those options for repaying the student loans are and if you can even qualify for mortgage with a student loan. But through our, our, um, our homeownership development program, we offer clients an opportunity, uh, or clients, I should say, that have credit or financial barriers, an opportunity to sit down, meet one-on-one mm-hmm. with one of our homeownership advisors to uh, put together a work plan or plan of action to overcome those credit or financial barriers. And we can meet with them for a period of up to two years to help mitigate those credit and, and financial barriers. Okay. Each of our homeownership advisors are HUD certified. Uh, and, and so it's really a coaching uh, combination of, I should say, a combination of coaching and counseling mm-hmm. uh, with families that have uh, credit and financial challenges. But we couple that with education as well. So it's so it's education mm-hmm. on um, budgeting, crediting, uh, the home buying uh, process, all of that, yeah. all of that um, throughout we, the... Yeah, okay, we I'm have sorry. a caller. Uh, Ramona has a question regarding neighborhoods and gentrification. Ramona, you're on the air. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Yes, uh, what I would like to uh, say to him is that uh, I moved uh, about nine years ago, maybe ten now. I moved from a gentrified neighborhood. And uh, so what I did, I went ahead and just <coughs> sold my home. And uh, and I noticed that uh, uh, they were not only building new houses kind of in that area, but they did have quite a few <laughs> Uh, Caucasian people moving in and 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 living in that neighborhood, which I would say 30 years ago they probably wouldn't have ever wanted to be in that neighborhood. So now I'm in the, my um, mother's house, and uh, I get more letters uh, from people, not just here in the city of Indianapolis, but also Carmel, Fishers, and Noblesville. They want to buy my house. Now I am uh, 76 years old. I'll be 77 next month. Oh, happy birthday! Well, thank you. And most of the people that I talk to, they're around my age. We're all Uh senior citizens, and uh, we all, you know, own our own homes. And I think uh, mostly everybody has their home paid for. And uh, I just, you know, I don't understand what's going on, and it kind of scares me because, you know, I really don't have no intentions of moving. you know, to an apartment or or another house because my home is paid for, and so I think what I wanted to ask him: do they do they know kind of ahead of the time? I mean, ahead of uh, most people when a neighborhood is going to be gentrified because this is what I'm thinking maybe that's going on here, and and I mean they call me on the phone. I not only get letters but they call me and I've never given out my number and especially my cell phone number. And usually if they don't get me on the uh, landline, they, it, it'll switch right over to cell phone. So they know how to contact you. You don't have to 
So, you don't have to say a word, you so, know. And I, like I said, I don't give that cell phone number out to anybody, yeah. but they can't get me on on the cell yeah. phone. So, so your question is: uh, Is there any way to know in advance if a neighborhood is heading toward gentrification? Exactly. Okay. Yes, um, um, Mr. Meeks. Yeah, you know that's a difficult quen- question to answer. I, I would say there's probably a couple of reasons as to to why you're being contacted mm-hmm. uh, by speculative buyers. We'll call it, and and I think some of that. Uh, really draws back to our conversation a few moments ago about the housing supply. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the housing market is hot. There's limited supply, and, and uh, speculative buyers um, are, are out there uh, trying to uh, uh, to take advantage of opportunities to to potentially earn a profit by buying low and selling high. Mm-hmm. And so that that could be part of it. Right. When when it comes to uh, the term gentrification of a neighborhood, you know, generally what what happens through um, the scenario of gentrification, it, it's it's where an area or neighborhood has lacked financial investment for a number of years, uh, and then at, at some point there's a combination of community development efforts and reinvestment uh, that leads to more or less a, a rebirth, if you will, of the neighborhood that draws uh, or attracts uh, new uh, buyers or entities back into the neighborhood. And, and there are several neighborhoods that are undergoing that type of redevelopment. Uh, but mm-hmm. to, to to be able to label, label it or say that it's uh, an area that's going to be subject to gentrification uh, would be uh, speculative on, speculative on my part. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and another thing I wanted to say, too, I remember uh, Larry called in, uh, it's been about a week ago, maybe a t- couple of weeks ago, he called in, and, and I didn't get to hear everything that he said, but it kind of, you know, made me think. Uh, he said something about uh, East 38th Street, which I'm very close to, mm-hmm. between Keystone and Arlington. I think that's what he mentioned. They're going to be, I s- thought he said maybe widening the roads uh, Probably for uh, on Indy. East 38th yeah, Street. Yeah, for rapid transit. But, um, Okay, yeah. And so I kind of wondered, you know, if that yeah. might have something to do with it. It too. very well could. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you know. something that uh, where I was going to go with that, something we're doing on the, the housing supply side. Mm-hmm. NHP has what's called an equitable transit-oriented development, or ETOD, fund where we've partnered with local banks. So you mentioned East 38th Street, and, and what comes to mind is the, the bus rapid transit system that's being developed, the mm-hmm. red line, you may hear mm-hmm. it. More commonly oh. called, and, and typically, what happens when in areas or cities or municipalities where uh, bus rapid transit uh, becomes popularized, mm-hmm. uh, you know, properties along that transit line tends to to get bought up and yeah. and, and is sold mm-hmm. at at market rate. Well, as part of that ETOD plan, what we've done or what we're doing at INHP is is we are entering that market to purchase homes along the red line. Uh, bus routes as well, or the okay. rapid transit uh, bus lines as well, with the intent of preserving the development of those properties for affordable housing. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for calling in. We've got, uh, and, and hopefully that uh, that answered your question, but uh, we've got another caller. Uh, thank you again, Ramona. We appreciate your call. Uh, Jason, you had a question uh, regarding loans, and um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting as to what INHP can do for people who are ready to buy, like right now, you know, pre-approved and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But, uh, Jason, your question is regarding loans. Yes. Um, I got uh, two questions. But the first question is, um, do you guys offer what is called a 203K loan, which, uh, which ultimately, like, you go and see a home that you like, 
But um, it's like maybe need some touching, you know, some uh, a fixer upper kind of. Yeah. And you guys put like the say like you buy a house for fifty thousand dollars and um, you go and get an estimate of how much it cost to fix up. Maybe it's another twenty to thirty thousand. Do you put? Do you guys offer something like that where you will put that extra twenty or thirty thousand on the back end of that mortgage deal or tie it all in or? Okay, thank you, uh, Jason. We'll let uh, we'll I got let another Mr. Meeks... question. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Okay, what what's your other question? Because we're uh, well. Okay, well, if you run out of time, um, I was going to see. I'm kind of uh, financially literate myself, and I wanted to see if how do you guys get if somebody was interested in working with INHP or wanting to get hired with them, how would they go oh. about that? Okay, okay, we we've got both your questions now. Thank you. Um, we'll let Mr. Meeks answer those. Well, good. Thank so, you. so Thank the you first question about the two three K. The two three K is an, an FHA acquisition rehab loan, and, and the concept there is to do just what what Jason mentioned: purchase a home and include or finance the cost mm. of the repairs into the mortgage. Uh, INHP doesn't offer the two or three K directly. Several of our lender partners do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do offer similar uh, renovation products. We have a product called the Revive Indy and the Rehab Match mm-hmm. uh, that will allow clients an opportunity to purchase a home and include the cost of the repairs into the financing. But again, it, it depends on the client. So depending on the need of the client, their qualifications, we would explore those options with them and allow them to make the choice of which product best uh, best fit their needs. Uh, and then when it comes to uh, working with INHP or perhaps being hired at INHP, uh, if if uh, you'd like to, to maybe give the producer your information, we can reach back out to you uh, after the, the, the session's over uh, to speak more about that and, and provide direction on, on how to, uh, to connect with us. Okay, so hopefully he can, uh, he's off the line now, but hopefully he can uh, get back in touch with Ethan. He'll call right back. Uh, another caller, uh, Ramitha, you wanted to know about reverse mortgages. Oh, loaded question there, I'm sure. Uh, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Uh, yes, my name is Remitha. Remitha, and, uh, I'm sorry. Remitha, that is no problem. Uh, I am uh, getting ready to uh, make my final payment, mortgage payment on my home, and I was just, wow. you know, trying to find out how the reverse mortgage works. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, Thank you, Remitha. Thank you very much. She wants to know yeah. how reverse mortgage works. Okay. And so, gen- generally speaking, when it comes to reverse mortgages, it, it acts opposite that of a traditional mortgage. Would, mm-hmm. With a traditional mortgage, you take out a set loan and you make a set number of payments over or throughout the term of the loan. With the reverse mortgage, it's, it's typically just the opposite, whereby you could utilize the equity in the home uh, to either receive a lump sum or, or monthly payments or a combination thereof uh, for, over um, you know the lifespan of, of ownership of the property. So it, it and that's uh, hence the term reverse mortgage. And, mm-hmm. and so typically with reverse mortgages, you'll find uh, it's it's somewhat of an exclusive product. There aren't very many lenders that that offer it. Um, and generally, it's for uh, clients that are over a certain age. I want to say that age is either 62 65, or 65. Or I think 65. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. What am uh, I saying? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I heard a commercial. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Right? But it seems like if you're over the age of 65 is what the commercial says. But Absolutely. what do I know? And I, and, and I am. Okay. Okay. Awesome. okay. But I, I, congratulations on on uh, making that final mortgage payment. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Thank Indeed. you. Congratulations. Thank you, Ramitha, for calling in. We appreciate that. And we can take. Uh, I think we can take one more call, Ethan. We've got one final call here uh, in queue. Uh, this is anonymous, and anonymous is interesting in purchasing a nice home. Anonymous, you're on the air. 
Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I'm very interested in buying me a very nice home. I have mm -hmm. a several numbers of places to look at. I need uh, a lot of advice on um, getting connected uh -huh. with uh, what I need to do. <laughs> We're, we're we're smiling a lot of a lot of advice okay yeah. um so can you summarize that in oh a minute or <laughs> absolutely and, <laughs> absolutely. and so okay. it, you know we can help uh, to connect you with uh, resources for financing a home as well as uh, connecting with um, you know real estate professional uh, at that once you're you're able to get qualified to, to help locate a home uh, but I'm, I'm glad you asked a question so if, uh, for you and any clients that are interested in connecting with INHP there are a couple of ways you can connect with us you can can visit our website at inhp.org and, and fill out a registration form or you can give us a call directly at uh, 317-610-4663 Okay. Did that answer okay, your question? You, I'm sorry, go ahead. Again, would you repeat that number? Again, okay. Yes. Number? It's 317-610-4663. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, um, I was wondering if veterans was accepted. That, well, I guess I'll just have to call that number and find out well, anything I want to know. You know what? Keep listening to Community Connection. Shameless plug here. Uh, we're going to have uh, some people from Veterans Affairs in uh in tomorrow afternoon, so you can ask that question directly if you want to call us back tomorrow. And, and answer. Well, thank you. Yeah, veterans are welcome, and there are programs thank specific you. to veterans. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're going to be talking about veterans affairs and that and some other things. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm just pointing the. Oh, <laughs> you I'm were sorry. looking around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but sorry. no, thank you for sharing that about the veterans. But mm -hmm. yeah, we are going to. It's Veterans Appreciation. Um, they're going to be coming in, and they're going to be talking about a lot of things that impact and affect veterans. But, Mr. Meeks, thank you so very much from INHP. Yep. Again, the website? It's INHP.org. And the phone number? 317-610-4663. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Well, that thanks, is all Tina. the time. Thank you. That's all the time we have for right now. Stay with us. We're going to be back tomorrow, as we said. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.